us and hello. Hi, welcome. It's us, baby. Yeah, it's us. We're here to talk to you. Um, and we have big news. Huge news. Huge, huge news. Um, it's one of those serendipitous moments when Madison and I are in the same room together. Oh my god. Not a Zoom room. Not a Zoom room. A real a real room. live physical room. And we're can you tell we're elated? We're elated. We're kind of trying to also keep our voices to like a smooth, silky, medium level. Very NPR right now. Be, yeah, very NPR because, yeah. you know, once again, we're in the same room, <laughs> which means that our microphones may or may not be catching little bits and pieces of each other's audio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think um, we all know that we're very loud people. We are. We are. And we get excited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's NPR Sue me. today. Sue me. Jesus Christ. Um, Madison, what's going on with you? Oh, Megan. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, let's see. Friday morning, yeah. I hopped on a little old um, Allegiant Airlines flight, yeah. which was terrible. A midnight train to Cincinnati. Midnight, yeah, an 8 a.m. train to Cincinnati. <laughs> plane to Cincinnati. Um, and here's the thing. I never flown Allegiant before. Mm, I'm always, good. I'm always frontier because I know what I'm going to get with them. I get what I pay for. Yeah. I'm fine with it. Um, Allegiant was just like a diff, like it's a, you know, similar price point, but oh boy, there was a lot happening. Really? Well, it was just like, not a lot happened. I mean, it was just like, I don't know. I don't want to shit talk the, like the flight attendants, but they were all, you could tell they just like could not have given less of a fuck. Yeah. They were just like, I mean, some people were putting um, like carry-on bags that were like a bit too large in sure. the overhead bins, and they were just like smashing them in there, <laughs> and it was just so um, jarring. Sure. And then just you know, probably a hundred babies. It felt like so many babies. Yeah, it was like um, on their way to a baby convention. <laughs> I have to imagine that flight attendants are just like fucking over it after covid oh my god like yeah. they've been through the shit and they're just like you know what yeah i'm gonna half-ass it from I'm now gonna, on yeah i mean quarter, and i wouldn't blame them i wouldn't blame the them quarter yeah. asset honestly honestly eighth asset yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just keep going yeah. with fractions. <laughs> the thing about fractions is they don't ever have to end that's true we could go yeah. as high as we want as high as we want um <laughs> Yeah, so um, after that, mm-hmm. um, you know, I don't, what did we do on Friday? I, don't I even truly. Remember. Oh, we ate mozzarella sticks and chicken wings. Yeah, which is great. Yeah, so good. Um, honestly, it's really just been a lot of eating. Eating and sitting on the couch. Uh, which are my two favorite hobbies. Yeah. Combined into one. For sure. It's amazing. What else would you possibly need besides those two things? I can't name a single thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. End of discussion. End. Um, <laughs> what's been going on with you? Uh, well, you know, I've been hanging out with my best friend um, for the past few <laughs> oh days, which has been pretty cool. Um, but I also have a podcast I've been listening to. Oh. And this is, um, I don't know how you feel about these types of podcasts. Okay. This is something that I thoroughly enjoy, which is a good 
storytelling podcast. Oh. I like a, like a fully immersive mm-hmm. audio okay. experience. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so I've been listening to a podcast called Burned Photo. Okay. And it's, you know, very much a kind of like a horror mystery situation. Mm. Um, and it's very, very good. I highly recommend okay. if you like. Um, Storytelling. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and you know what? Honestly, though, it's not storytelling, though. It's like you're just listening to a TV show. Oh, okay. Kinda what is like that an called? an audiobook type of vibe? Yeah, but it's not someone A serial audio. Okay. Oh. Um, oh, I know this. It's like audio theater. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly that, what is it is. Is the term? It should be. It should be. Very descriptive. You're welcome, marketing world. <laughs> we just did that for you. So yeah, the burned photo um, Q code is the um, podcast link producer. Producer. Amazing. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I um on the plane. I just. I know we talked about it last time, and I know it's literally written on your notes that are in front of me, um, but I cannot stop listening to The First Degree. It's so good. It's so, so good. Did you start listening to it? Did we talk about this? Yes. Yeah. The I one. don't know how far I got, though. Oh, no. You're fr- I just don't think we've talked about it. I thought we did talk about it. Maybe we did. I probably have it on, you know, tape. <laughs> on tape. Um, it's very good. Campers... Tell us if we talked about this or not, yeah, please. because I don't know that I have the energy oh, to go back and listen to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I listened to one episode. Yeah. It's the Billy Jensen. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. We talked about it. It's so good. <laughs> I just love it. So good. Uh, well, and also I was listening to one as I was in, an, you know, Allegiant Aircraft uh-huh. um, that <laughs> was talking about, um, it was one of their, like, you know, their Killing Time episodes, their mini-sodes, if you will. Um, and they talked about, um, Buddy Holly and uh-huh. his tragic death in an airplane accident. Sure, 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 sure. Um, and just... Not what you want to yeah, hear Yeah, I was like, there. cool, 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 cool. But I didn't have a ton of, you know, podcasts downloaded. I was pretty limited to, uh, just that one. And I was on my... That was my last one. I was like, this is oh, fine. no. So it was either listening to a, an episode about a plane crash while on a plane or taking my headphones out and listening Ugh. to babies cry and not so yeah really, it was I mean, a real sophie's choice yeah situation. i honestly an easy pick there yeah 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 much rather listen to plane crash stories <laughs> <laughs> um i don't have any other media though that i've been consuming i know i don't think i don't think i have either that i've been watching without you yeah 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 we you know have all the hits um and then I'm really campers this morning um, after we did a dozen or so crossword puzzles. Give or take. Give or take. Um, Megan introduced me to a show I've been meaning to watch, The mm. Flight Attendant yeah. on HBO. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. so far, I'm riveted. It's very good. It's very good. Yeah. I, I was surprised. I mean, I, I shouldn't have been because it's HBO. They know what they're doing. They always They are the home box head. office. That's true. They are. <laughs> it's in the name. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, should we just should say we? Um, see ya? adios? See ya? 
Yeah. Um, goodbye. All of those. All of those. Yeah. Let's so see it. ya. Adios. Goodbye. Yeah. Intro. All those things. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Today, we're going somewhere that I hadn't planned on returning to. <laughs> okay, great. Mostly because you have done such a great job highlighting this state. Oh. <laughs> the sunflower state. We love it. Kansas, That's right. Kansas. We're headed to Kansas yet again. Um, but before we get to our museum of choice today, we must take a jaunt over to the great state of Montana to hear the origin story of an absolute legend. Okay. In 1938, a tiny baby named Robert was born in Butte, Montana. At the time, Butte was a copper mining town where most young men were doomed to working in mines or working in surrounding ranches. At the age of two, Robert's parents decided they were not only done with each other, but that they were also done with the town of Butte. They left Robert and his infant brother with his grandparents and skipped town. Cute. Separately. Cute okay, yeah. Parted ways. In more ways than In one. In more ways. Yeah. As Robert grew up, he began to stand out as a track and field athlete and a hockey player as well. However, Robert seemed to struggle in school. After his sophomore year of high school, he dropped out and went to work for Anaconda Mining Company as a diamond drill operator. Sure. As one does. As one does. After some time, Robert was promoted to surface duty, where he operated a large earth mover, which I don't know what that is, but it sounds scary. Yeah, it sounds like just a fancy word for a shovel. Yeah, or a tectonic plate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or God, depending on That's your worldview. That's God's job, yeah. <laughs> Uh, Robert was subsequently fired um, after making the Earth Mover do a wheelie (laughs) and drove it into Butte's main power line, leaving the city without power for several hours. Incredible. In 1956, Robert spent a night in jail after being arrested for reckless driving. He shared a cell with a man named William Knopfel, who was nicknamed Awful Knopfel. I mean, it's it's right, it's there. right there. You have to. Low-hanging fruit. This was the inspiration behind Robert's well-known pseudonym, Evil Knievel. I, okay, here's the thing. Oops. Here's the thing. As you were reading this, I'm obviously racking my brain trying to figure out sure. who this is. And... I, for a second, thought maybe there was a museum dedicated to Prince, but then I realized Prince was Minnesota, not Montana. Yeah. Very, I mean, one of the M states. Yeah, there's a lot of them. It's hard to keep them straight. Yeah. Can we whittle that down a bit? But I'm yeah. very excited. As you know, Hot Rod is my favorite movie of all time. <laughs> right. There's a lot of good, um, you know, uh, references to Evil Knievel in that movie and, you know, some yeah. some aspirations in us all, honestly. Uh, so, so true. Um, what an inspiration. And today we're headed to Topeka, Kansas to visit the Evil Knievel Museum. I can't wait. So to read my sources, we've got the Wikipedia page for Evil Knievel um, from biography.com, their page on Evil Knievel, 
theevilknievelmuseum.com, and an Atlas Obscura article for the museum. All the greats. All the hits. In the 1950s, Evil began participating in local professional rodeos and ski jumping events. In 1959, he won the Northern Rocky Mountains Ski Association Class A Men's Ski Jumping Championship. Oh, it's a you real don't say. mouthful. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of words in that one. Yeah. Uh, he also joined the army around this time, where he picked up pole vaulting and paratrooping. Okay. Okay, so we're getting you know weird vibes already. Just yeah. <laughs> we are. I mean, it's. It's like he's really trying to be a renaissance man of, like, a very specific niche. Yeah, he just needs adrenaline constantly. Yeah, and... Can't relate. Can't relate. (laughs) Um, And, yeah, maybe that's... I don't know. If you, like, can't... That, to me, just... uh, I guess maybe this is a better route to take than, you know, drug use. (laughs) Because, to me, it's very much, like, the same type of vibe. Sure, Sure. I mean, yeah. yeah. One's going to be a bit more detrimental to your body. Which one, though? (laughs) That's dealer's choice. The one that you do. (laughs) Depends on the drug and depends on the stunts. Yeah. Okay. Uh, When Evil left the army, he returned to Butte, marrying... uh, He married Linda Bork and started a semi-pro hockey team called the Butte Bombers. Cute. 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 Cute Butte. From Wikipedia, quote, after the birth of his first son, Kelly, Knievel realized that he needed to come up with a new way to support his family financially. Using the hunting and fishing skills taught to him by his grandfather, Knievel started the Sir Kill Guide Service. He guaranteed that if a hunter employed his service and paid his fee, he would get the big game animal desired or Knievel would refund his fee. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Knievel, who was learning about the calling of elk in Yellowstone, decided to hitchhike from Butte to Washington, D.C. in December 1961 to raise awareness and to have the elk relocated to areas where hunting was permitted. After his conspicuous trek, uh, and then in parentheses, this this parenthetical might be my favorite of all time. Okay, love that. He hitchhiked with a 54-inch wide rack of elk antlers mm. and a petition with 3,000 signatures. Imagine just picking up someone on the side of the road. Yeah. They've got antlers and they've got, like, a petition. A petition. It can't just, be good. I, well, because I feel like the antlers would be so bulky and hard to maneuver, but then you also have to worry about... The petition not getting wrinkled or wet or get, you know, antler blood on it. Too many things to keep track of. You'd have to really be picky about the vehicle that was picking you up. Yeah. Because um, not, you know, I mean, like a, a Toyota Corolla is not going to be able to fit that those. That many antlers. That many antlers that are that yeah. wide. What if that were a new, like, um, car rating thing? Like, <laughs> is that you? We had horsepower. Yeah. Now we've now. got antler capacity. <laughs> horsepower and antler capacity. <laughs> what is happening with cars? Um, he presented his case to Representative Arnold Olson, Senator Mike Mansfield, and Interior Secretary Stuart Udall. Culling was stopped in the late 1960s. So he was successful. Hmm. Great job. Amazing Evil. work. Thanks, Evil. 
Great Mr. Knievel. You did, Mr. Knievel. <laughs> Uh, by 1966, Evil had moved his family up to Moses Lake, Washington. He worked in a motorcycle shop and decided to drum up business by announcing that he would jump a motorcycle 40 feet over parked cars, a box of rattlesnakes, and a caged cougar. <laughs> a box of rattlesnakes. A, bo- a whole box. Here's the thing, though, of all of those things, rattlesnakes to me are the scariest because I just... Yeah. I... I don't like them. I don't approve of their existence. I don't trust them. Why do you have a rattle? Why do you have an instrument? Are you luring babies? Yeah. (laughs) Um, The day came for the stunt, and approximately 1,000 people showed up to see Evil Knievel's jump. Damn. Yeah. Good marketing. Good for him. Good job, Eve. Unfortunately, he fell short during his jump. And landed on the rattlesnakes. Oh my god. No, thank you. Uh... <laughs> of course, the crowd went wild, and Evil Knievel's newest career was born. Great. Yeah. And arguably, his most famous career. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, Evil formed a stunt group called Evil Knievel's Motorcycle Daredevils, and took the county fair circuit by storm. County they're like, we've had enough good. of the 4-H club. Yeah. They're like, okay, the best, the best pie contest, yeah. the fattest pig contest, right. guy jumping over snakes. It's it's all tracking. Yeah, it's all it all leads into, into each other. That's right. Uh, the troupe would perform all sorts of stunts, including wheelies, uh, blasting through walls of burning plywood, <laughs> and jumping over vehicles. I mean, the, the blasting through walls of burning plywood. Yeah, Who was does, asking for that? Yeah, no one wanted that. Why does it have to be burning? That feels just both uh, irresponsible for, in terms of your own well-being, but also that of the earth. Yeah, that's a really good point. (laughs) After several crashes and lots of broken bones, Knievel knew it was time to take a break and let his body heal. From Wikipedia, quote, while in Las Vegas to watch Dick Tiger successfully... (laughs) Dick Tiger. Dick Tiger. Successfully defend his WBA and WBC light heavyweight titles at the convention center on November 17, 1967, Knievel first saw the fountains at Caesar's Palace and decided to jump them. Incredible. Uh, to get an audience with casino CEO Jay Sarno, Knievel created a fictitious corporation called Evil Knievel Enterprises <laughs> and three fictitious lawyers to make phone calls to Sarno. <laughs> Sign oh me up for God. that job. Yeah. Let me be a fictitious lawyer. Let me play a lawyer. That's all I want. <laughs> <laughs> Hiring an actor who knows about the law. Yeah. That's I know me. some things. I know it exists. I know that it is a thing. Yeah, I know that there is law. There are laws. <laughs> right. Several, if I'm... If I can remember if correctly. If I remember correctly. Off the top of my head. <laughs> there's at least more than one. Yeah. Four. Yeah. Four more laws. Right. Um, Knievel also placed phone calls to Sarno, claiming to be from American Broadcasting Company and Sports Illustrated... <laughs> Inquiring about the jump. Sarno finally agreed to meet Knievel and arranged for Knievel to jump the fountains on December 31st, 1967. 
That really feels like a lesson in perseverance. Yeah. You know, if at first you don't get the attention you seek, just honestly annoy people and use, um, you know, blatant lies. Well, and like how <laughs> smart to make the phone calls pretending to be people from the media. Yeah. And like saying that, we've heard about this already. Brilliant. It's so brilliant. good. So good. Um, after the deal was set, Knievel tried to get ABC to air the event live on Wide World of Sports. ABC declined, but said that if Knievel had the jump filmed and it was as spectacular as he said it would be, they would consider using it later. <laughs> sure. I get being so, skittish about that kind of, yeah, you know, yeah, deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Knievel, at the age of 29, used his own money to have actor-slash-director John Derrick Produce a film of the Caesars jump. John Derrick. John Derrick. Uh, To keep costs low, Derrick employed his then-wife, Linda Evans, as one of the camera operators. It was Evans who filmed the famous landing. On the morning of the jump, Knievel stopped in the casino and placed his last $100 on the blackjack table, which he lost. Oh, my God. (laughs) Evil, you're already... You've got the risk part covered. Yeah, yeah you're good. You don't have to add yeah, gambling put to, it in an index to your fund. resume. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he stopped by the bar and had a shot of wild turkey and then headed outside where he was joined by several members of the Caesar staff as well as two showgirls. Oh my God. Uh, after doing his normal pre-jump show and a few warm-up, exer- uh, warm-up approaches... Mm. Uh, Knievel began his real approach. When he hit the takeoff ramp, he claimed he felt the motorcycle unexpectedly decelerate. The sudden loss of power on the takeoff caused Knievel to come up short and land on the safety ramp, which was supported by a van. This caused the handlebars to be ripped out of his hands as he tumbled over, uh, tumbled over them onto the pavement where he skidded into the dunes parking lot. So exactly hot rod. Uh, yeah, I mean, truly. Every scene down to yeah, is yeah, Andy yeah. Samberg doing that move. <laughs> that exact one. As a result of the crash, Knievel suffered a crushed pelvis and femur, fractures to his hip, wrist, and both ankles, and a concussion that kept him in the hospital. A rumor circulated that he was in a coma for 29 days in the hospital, but this was refuted by his wife and others in the documentary film Being Evil. The Caesars Palace crash was Knievel's longest attempted motorcycle jump at 141 feet. After his crash and recovery, Knievel was more famous than ever. Hmm. Uh, ABC TV bought the rights to the film of the jump, paying far more than it originally would have had it televised the jump live. Well. Great job, Evil Knievel. Yeah, he nailed that. Truly. Not the jump, but. Not, not the jump, <laughs> but the, the marketing and the The money business. part. Yeah. Um, so let's spend some time going over Knievel's most famous jumps and the records that he set and broke. I would love and to. All that shit. Great. We're going to do it whether he'd love to or not. <laughs> um, <laughs> on May 25th, 1968, Knievel attempted to jump 15 Ford Mustangs, but unfortunately crashed. I mean, I have to admire his spirit. Oh. Because 
Has he had any success so far in terms of making it over? Not a ton. Not a ton. Not a ton. Yeah. Uh, he ended up breaking his right leg and foot. <laughs> he returned to jumping on August 3rd, 1968. Bro. So not that many months later. Three months. I think you should probably recover a little longer than three months yeah. with that bad of an injury. Do but some self-care. What do I know? Um, and was he, so he returned to jumping and was earning approximately twenty five thousand dollars per performance. Whoa! Yeah, a lot of money. Uh, he ended up crashing again in October of the same year. Um, <laughs> he broke his hip oh, again. Oh God! Imagine breaking your hip more than once. Like once, I, yeah, is too much. It's too much. But more than once, especially ooh. when you're, you know, what was he at this point? Like in his. 30s, 40s? I don't Some, know. Yeah, I think he's in his 30s at this point. Yeah. Um, so Evil Knievel desperately wanted to jump the Grand Canyon. This was his like the big whole dream. Thing. The whole thing. <laughs> the whole damn thing. The Grand Canyon. The Grand Canyon. <laughs> uh, but of course he was denied by the US government for permission. Only for the best. Yeah. Um, instead. He thought that he would dream up some stunts to do that were similar in nature. So some of his ideas were to jump across the Mississippi River um, and to jump from one skyscraper to another in New York City. Ah, don't do those. Both of those seem um, way shorter of jumps than the Grand Canyon. Way shorter of jumps, but still so unnecessarily dangerous. Yeah, for sure. Did you know that you could just entertain people with podcasts, Evil Knievel? Yeah, you can do that from your home. <laughs> you don't have, have to break Have you tried bones. it? Yeah, it's literally you, so did easy. Did you know that you can just, you know, buy a starter kit to a pyramid scheme? And... Yeah, come on, dude. You could be selling Avon. Yeah. <laughs> I saw people at the airport this weekend that were like, Wearing matching, like, Avon 2022 convention thing. It's still a business? Yeah. And it it was, like, some pretty old folks. Sure, Um, sure, sure, sure. The geriatrics. The geriatrics. (laughs) Um, And they were, yeah, they were, like, wearing matching T-shirts. I guess it's in Hawaii, or it was in Hawaii this year. It was a real bummer. Guys, don't do Avon. Yeah, guys, come on. If you're going to join a pyramid scheme, at least join one of the ones that, you know, isn't geriatric. <laughs> uh, <sighs> however, when he was flying back to Butte from a performance tour, he looked out of his window and saw the Snake River Canyon. Oh, no. <clears throat> this would be his jump to make up for the Grand Canyon denial. Sure, 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 sure. Cool, 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 cool. cool, 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 cool. Oh, that's a different Andy Samberg character. Yeah. <laughs> um, so from Wikipedia, quote, Knievel hired subcontractor and aeronautical engineer Doug Maluicki to build him a rocket-powered cycle to jump across the Snake River and called it the Sky Cycle X-1. Uh, Malawiki's creation was powered by a steam engine built by former Aerojet engineer Robert Truax. Um, on April 15th, 1972, the X-1 was launched to test the feasibility of the launching ramp. The decision was then made to have Truax build the SkyCycle X-2 
and have it take off and fly more like a rocket and uh, more like a rocket than a motorcycle. Okay. The launch took place at the south rim of the Snake River Canyon, west of Shoshone Falls, maybe? Mm. Um, On September 8th, 1974, at 3.36 p.m. Okay. So you're welcome for the specifics. Very specifically. We're still quoting Wikipedia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Oh, and they said it was MDT is the... the, um, Oh, okay. Not daylight time. Yeah, yeah. The steam that powered the engine was superheated to a temperature of 500 degrees Fahrenheit. Oh. Uh, the drogue parachute prematurely deployed as the sky cycle left the launching rail and induced significant drag. Even though the craft made it all the way across the canyon to the north rim, the prevailing northwest winds caused it to drift back into the canyon. By the time it hit the bottom of the canyon, it landed only a few feet from the water on the same side of the canyon from which it had been launched. Oh, no. <laughs> I would love to see that happen. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> if he had landed in the water, Knievel said he would have drowned due to a harness malfunction, which kept him strapped in the vehicle. Oh, wow. He survived the failed jump with only minor physical injuries. That's, That's amazing. Insane. Yeah. And, you know, just a real uh, lesson to not wear seatbelts, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, Because he said that's what... Well, I guess only if he had drowned. Or only if he had gotten to the water. Right. Drowned. Just kidding. Please wear seatbelts. Please wear seatbelts, you guys. I think that was, like, the end of um, the Snake River Canyon story. I think that's where they were like, okay, let's maybe not. Yeah. Yeah. Let's let's call it. Yeah, let's call it. Let's call it all right ahead. <laughs> Uh, he set a world record by jumping 19 cars at the Ontario Motor Speedway. Love it. After a successful jump at the Cow Palace, which I forgot to look up what that was. The Cow Palace. Like, what could that the possibly be? <laughs> um, he tried to come back to a quick stop. Uh, what? <laughs> he tried to come to a quick stop because of a short landing area. But uh, was thrown off and run over by his motorcycle. Ah. Not good. He suffered a broken back and a concussion from this misstep. When you break your back, does that mean your spine? Like, because your back isn't a, like a back isn't a bone. Right. I, feel I like think it's a, your spine. Ew. Which. Why did well, I ask? I don't want to. Just pull that. the plug at that point. Yeah. <laughs> This is my DNR. This is my DNR right now telling you if yeah. I break my spine, pull Just the let it, plug. let me go. <laughs> uh, makes me, you know, feel bad about all the times I stepped on cracks and broke mother's backs. Yeah. Pour one out. Pour one out. We're so sorry, moms. Sorry, moms. After he healed and returned to jumping, he successfully jumped over 50 stacked cars at the Los Angeles Memorial Coliseum. He held that record for 35 years. Wow. Yeah. Uh, From Wikipedia, quote, during his career, Knievel may have suffered more than 433 bone fractures. Oh, that's more than one per bone. Yeah. Earning an entry in the Guinness Book of World Records as the survivor of most broken bones in a lifetime. (laughs) Yikes. (laughs) However, this number could be exaggerated. Um, his son, Robbie, told a reporter in June 2014 that his father had broken 40 to 50 bones. Knievel himself claimed he broke 35. 
Such a weird flex. Weird flex. Weird flex. Yeah. Um, my flex is that I've never broken any bones. Okay. <laughs> um, after the Snake River jump, Knievel decided to take uh, his shit international. Uh, as you do. As you do. Is he going to jump over the ocean? (laughs) Across the pond. (laughs) Uh, On May 26, 1975, uh, in front of 90,000 people at Wembley Stadium in London, Knievel crashed when he attempted to jump over 13 single-deck London buses. (laughs) Do you remember when you did the... I forget what they were called, um, but the, like, fake team that's basically just there to let the Harlem Globetrotters win. Yeah, the Washington Generals. The, the Washington Generals. I feel like this is kind of a similar vibe. <laughs> well, no, I guess it's not because you just like fully don't know. Yeah. Like I think you, well, I guess how I would feel as an audience member uh-huh. of Evil Knievel is like an audience member fell on one of the games that the Harlem Globetrotters lost. Yeah. It's like you go to see all of this hype, and uh, then he just fully crashes. Yeah. Ugh. But sometimes people find that kind of stuff entertaining too, which is like gross. But Big it's red like flag. that's why you know so many people why traffic slows down when there's a car crash. Yeah. You know what people I mean? People rubbernecking. People rubbernecking. Where was I? Um, quote, after the crash, despite breaking his pelvis, ugh, Knievel addressed the audience and announced his retirement by stating, quote, ladies and gentlemen of this wonderful country, I've got to tell you that you are the last people in the world who will ever see me jump because I will never, ever, ever jump again. I'm through. I'm going to guess that he jumps again. <laughs> Near shock and not yielding to Frank Gifford's plea to use a stretcher, Knievel walked off the Wembley pitch stating, quote, I came in walking, I went out walking. Amazing. <laughs> With a broken but pelvis. Like, but like, why? <laughs> like, for what, sir? Oh, man. Man. Uh... Um, after recuperating from his failed London jump, Knievel decided that he had spoken too soon about <laughs> retirement. <laughs> wasn't broken that much yeah i'm all better now so i yeah. i take it back <laughs> i meant i retired doing yeah. tricks in london in london in america i retired I'm for the day <laughs> um on october 25th 1975 knievel jumped 14 greyhound buses at king's island near cincinnati ohio shut up yeah wait what year was that uh 1975 Interesting. Yeah. Uh, Although he landed on the safety deck above the 14th bus, his landing was successful, and he held the record for jumping the most buses on a Harley-Davidson for 24 years. Wowza. Yeah. This jump scored Knievel lots of attention in the press. Um, And after the event, he once again (laughs) announced his retirement. (laughs) I'm noticing a pattern. (laughs) Now, you're not going to believe this. Uh, but his second retirement was short-lived. Wow. <laughs> Me every day after work. I'm like, no, I, think I, I retire. retire. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, 
he went back to jumping, but this time on like a much smaller scale. He was jumping over like maybe seven cars instead of 15. I wonder, like, how do you train for that? Do you like start with one and do and like you get that down and then you add another one? I think I'd do it the way that they did in, in Hot Rod, right? Where you just full send all of them? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I mean, because honestly, it's a logistical nightmare to try to get multiple buses in the same place yeah once and yeah agreed where are you gonna find that many buses yeah and do you have to like keep the drivers on retainer right do you get a cdl oh what a nightmare oh, man. um so on january 31st 1977 uh knievel was scheduled for a major jump in chicago inspired by the movie jaws oh god Knievel Such was such a bad way to start any story. I know. <laughs> Knievel was to jump a tank full of live sharks and it would be televised live nationally. I just I cannot with this guy. Quote, however, during his rehearsal, Knievel lost control of the motorcycle and crashed into a cameraman. <laughs> Although Knievel broke his arms, oh, no. he arms was plural. arms plural. He was more distraught over what he claimed was a permanent eye injury to the cameraman, Thomas Guerin. The cameraman was admitted to the hospital and received treatment for an injury near his eye, but received no permanent injury. Okay, that's good. Yeah. The footage of this crash was so upsetting to Knievel that he did not show the clip for 19 years until the documentary Absolute Evil, The Evil Knievel Story. (laughs) The names of these documentaries. Absolute Evil. (laughs) Absolute Evil. Uh, Evil Knievel's final tour appearance took place in March of 1981 in Hollywood, Florida. Okay. <laughs> the other Hollywood. The other less famous Hollywood. <laughs> oh, no. Okay. So, Topeka, Kansas. Let's check sure. out this museum. And basically what I'm going to do, because there's there there was one bit of information on the museum um, and that was the Atlas Obscura article. Okay. So I'm just going to read that. Yeah. And here we go. We'd love to see it. We'd love to hear it. The Evil Knievel Museum takes you through the thrills and spills of the stuntman's career. It's a place where daredevil dreams run wild. The collection is packed with information about the many bold endeavors and failures that shot the stuntman to fame. Throughout the 1960s and 70s, Knievel captivated American audiences with his wild antics. He tried to complete jump after jump, soaring over enormous obstacles and often wrecking in the process. The motorcyclist miraculously survived all these fate-testing attempts, though he constantly broke bones and wound up in the hospital. You can discover the wide variety of things Knievel jumped, from trucks to tanks of sharks to Snake River Canyon, and find out more about the extensive amount of injuries he suffered in the process. Uh, Several of the Daredevil's motorcycles are on display. His iconic red, white, and blue rocket cycle is proudly exhibited for all to admire. You can also see some very battered helmets sitting within glass cases like little testaments to his daring feats. Okay. We, you know, we love a lesson. We love a lesson. A and lesson that's why... cranial safety. You don't jump 15 buses. Yeah. I mean, even one bus. 
just like be careful. <laughs> yeah, any amount of buses. Yeah. I mean, honestly, VR headsets are pretty popular these days. Just get yeah, one of those. Just get one of those, you freak. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and if that weren't enough, you can try a virtual jump for yourself. Oh, there you go. There I am. Yeah. And I, I saw pictures of it. It looks like you're just like on a motorcycle. And I think that you do have like, mm, there's like a big screen in front of you. So I don't really okay. know how, I don't know the logistics of it, but it, yeah. all of the reviews were like, you got to spend the extra you money for that. It. Okay. Yeah. And I will next and time I'm in, next time I'm passing through Topeka. Whenever that may be. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, the museum is on the grounds of Topeka's historic Harley Davidson dealership which also houses a small motorcycle museum. <gasps> two for one. Yeah. Um, I've got two reviews. Great. So the reviews, I went to both Google and TripAdvisor. There were like, uh, on TripAdvisor, if this tells you anything, zero one-dot reviews. Oh, my God. And one two-dot review. Wow. And TripAdvisor tends to attract the most unhappy people that's right what is up with that it's i have my my theories sure i feel like it would probably um stir up some it drama. would stir up some drama okay. between me and certain generations <laughs> <laughs> sure 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 um <laughs> so these two reviews are from google um and ben gave it a he gave it two stars okay. ben gave it two stars um, and said, I can see evil fans enjoying this place a lot. For me, a normie. Oh, <laughs> I want to strangle this guy. <laughs> it was a bit expensive for what was offered. Other than that, the place is well maintained and the staff were nice. Just like, what? I, w- I will never stop getting so fired up about this shit. What do people fucking expect is going to happen? I, I I truly don't know. And like to give two stars and say everything was great about this museum, I, I was the problem. Like it. Yeah. Oh. My it was just because I'm not a huge fan of Evil Knievel. Like that was Ben's problem. How do you give the museum two stars? Ben, maybe next time don't pick Topeka as your vacation destination. And also, Ben, the review is not for you. It's not for you. It's, it's for, for other. other people who may or may not want to go and want to know the value. Yeah. Um, so if your only reason for giving it two stars is because you're not a huge Evil Knievel fan, you're doing then it wrong. shut up. <laughs> you're doing reviews wrong. May I suggest kindly... That you absolutely fuck off, Ben. Yeah, put a cork in it, dude. <laughs> Big old cork. Um, my second and final review is from Amy, who gave it three stars and said, Wish we could have experienced it, dot, dot, dot. The pandemic shut it down. And, and then um, a response from the owner <laughs> immediately after Amy posted uh. this. Hi, Amy. Not sure what you're referring to as we are open and the pandemic has not shut us down? (laughs) Question mark. I mean, Amy. Just wanting to complain about the pandemic, but pick the wrong place. (laughs) I, yeah, like how do you confuse the evil Knievel Museum with, I don't know what she could have been looking for. (sighs) The evils of COVID. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Anything with evil in it. She's like, get me out of here. (laughs) 
Um, and that was the Evil Knievel Museum. Ah, uh, amazing. So much I learned from looking yeah. all this up. Because I didn't know too much about Evil no, Knievel. No, me neither. Uh, do we watch Hot Rod tonight? <laughs> I think we have to. <laughs> uh, I love, I love Hot Rod. It's a classic. It's just the best movie. Mm-hmm. Truly, truly. Uh, campers, if you haven't seen Hot Rod. For the love of... I mean... God. Rod. For the love of Rod. Amazing work. Thank you. Amazing work. I loved it. Campers, you little rascals. Thank you for joining us. You little daredevils. Daredevils. Thank you for joining us for this very special IRL episode. I mean, what a joy. What a joy. joy. And a dream. I combined those into joy. A joy. Free word. Yeah, we are Helen of joy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Wow. Uh, Totally. Just fully lost my train of thought. Yeah. Um, Campers, thank you for listening. Thank you for hanging out with us. Um, I... I think you're probably thinking to yourself, wow, what a great podcast. What hilarious, <laughs> fun people. And if that is the case, yeah. and honestly, only if that is the case, <laughs> would you mind just checking us out on social media? We're Please. at the Museum Camp on all platforms. You yeah. know what they are. You know them. Um, we have a Patreon. Uh, if you would like to support us financially, we would not be opposed um and lots of good stuff there and you know already on our agenda for tomorrow is more content for patreon oh yeah we're recording doing this for you yeah um so get your eyes and ears ready and butts get your butts butts. ready yeah we're not gonna do anything with that area no but but i find that it's often just best to prepare for anything yeah sit down i mean yeah just get it ready to sit down and watch our stuff Um, you can find us at, uh, patreon.com slash the museum camp. Yeah, baby. Um, and if you have a second and your name is not Ben or Amy, (laughs) um, and you're not going to be a huge asshole about (laughs) reviews, please take a second, uh, leave us a review on iTunes or the Apple podcast app, whatever they call it. Mm -hmm. Um, and a rating on spotify correct correct okay correct amendo oh, five stars if yeah. you don't mind five stars um <laughs> and campers thanks for joining us we'll see you next time bye goodbye we love you we love you <laughs> but we do pick favorite that's right <laughs> <laughs>